1: As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things.
2: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand.
1: Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hi, and welcome to Airing the Addisons. I am Pastor Jeff Shreve, pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. And the pastor and the founder of From His Heart Ministries heard every weeknight on American Family Radio at 6 p.m. Central Time. I'm here with my wife, Debbie, and we're filling in for Will and Miki today. And we want to talk today about a sensitive subject. It's the subject of, I'm single and I want to be married. Now, Debbie, there are a lot of people out there listening that are single and many of them say, I don't want to be single. I want to be married, but that's not happening for me. And it's really, really difficult.
3: Yeah, I think there's a, a certain type of disappointment and discouragement that is just packaged with that situation. And it can be a very isolating and a very lonely um period in your life and especially this time of year when we are just inundated with holiday movies where everyone is a couple and people are just so lovey-dovey and life is just so grand it can just exacerbate the fact of of your aloneness and um i think that's a, a, a something that a lot of people struggle with whether they're single and have never been married or or they may be single
1: again Right, single again, and you know, for most people—not true for everyone. God gives the gift of singleness, but for most people, uh, they have a desire to find that special person and be married and and have a family. Uh, the Scripture says, "From the lips of the Lord Himself, it is not good for the man to be alone. Uh, I will make a helper suitable to him." And so, I still remember the first time I laid eyes on you in in nineteen eighty five. Look at you uh, remembering that. I just thought, wow, I mean, that girl is amazing. And she is so beautiful. I want to get to know her. And we went out on our first date in May, May 10th, 1985. I still remember it. And, uh, you know, we didn't have love at first sight. It took a Maybe second or third sight. Uh <laughs>
3: At least <laughs> I, I fell for
1: you really fast. You were slower. Well,
3: I was more cautious because I'd I'd made some mistakes. Right. So
1: I was more cautious. You were more cautious, which was a good thing. And uh, Debbie would I would write Debbie cards and tell her, you know, I love you, and she would write me cards and say, uh, I'm I'm sixty five percent. Uh, sure that I love you. And that's then it right. got up to 85%. I remember one card was like 92%. You were getting
3: so close, and weren't you?
1: Uh, yeah. And just last week it was a hundred percent. Yeah, And so we've been married for 35 years. And uh, so no, uh, it, it got to a hundred percent before that. But the desire of most people is to be married.
3: Well, and that's a God-given desire. God puts that desire in your heart. And so I think because he does put that desire in your heart, when you're not seeing that come to fruition, it can be it can affect you on multiple levels. It affects you personally, it can affect your spiritual life because you're you're thinking, God, what gives? You've given me this desire, yet you're not coming through on your end to help me in this area.
1: Right. And so, you know, I mean the the prime uh, ages at least you know when in our generation it was when you're in your 20s that's when you get married and start having kids i mean there is just a window in there to have kids mm-hmm. and so uh, you know people are waiting longer and longer now to get married uh, but still if you wait too long if you get married when you're 40 um you know if it's you're in a different be, risk category yeah it's going to be difficult to have a family and and so one of the things you know um uh, guys and girls, they both deal with this, but for girls, I think, and for us having three girls, um, it's maybe even uh, harder because you can't really take the lead in finding that special someone Mm -hmm. Uh, because most guys, I don't care what the, what's going on in our generation. Most guys don't want a girl to be asking them out I mean, I didn't, I had one girl ask me out once when I was in college and I was like, what are you, you're not supposed to do that. I ask you to dance. You don't Mm -hmm. ask me to dance. This isn't Sadie Hawkins time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so a girl is, is um, maybe a little bit more at the, at the mercy of, of the situation and just saying, Lord, you know, I want to put myself out there, but you have to bring the, the right guy.
3: Right. Yeah, and that can be that can be frustrating. And I know, with our three daughters, um, our oldest daughter got married very young and met her husband when she was in tenth grade. And then um, our our youngest got, daughter got married next, and so that left our middle daughter, and uh, she was the one that more than the other two, especially more than the the youngest, she had these struggles that we're talking about, right?
1: And she's with us in the studio today. Her name is Amy Van Hoy, and Amy was married in December of 2019 at the age of 30. So Amy, welcome to the broadcast.
0: Hello. Thank you.
1: (laughs) So Amy lives in Houston, Texas, and she uh, just got here last night to be with us, her and her husband and her little boy, Jack, uh, to be with us for Thanksgiving. And so uh, Amy, we were talking about this subject, and uh, when I found out we would be hosting, I said, well, this is a good subject to, to talk about on the air because uh, you know a lot of girls that are in that situation, mm-hmm. uh, young women. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us what goes on in a young woman's heart when they're single and they want to be married.
0: Well, I think there's a lot of anxiety that you can feel because you see people around you and they're in relationships or more and more people are getting married and that can just fester up more and more kind of anxious thoughts. And then there's a feeling often of I felt maybe forgotten of just thinking, you know, Lord, this is what I what I want. Why Why is everyone else getting this and I'm not? Uh, I remember specifically when we were in town, or I was in town for Sarah's wedding, my little sister, and we were just at the mall getting, getting last minute stuff done. And, you know, Jill, my older sister had been married for, I don't know, at that point, maybe eight years or something. And Sarah was getting married. I didn't have anyone really on the horizon at that time. And a gal at the mall just turned and looked at me and she was talking to us. And then she looked at me and she said, well, you're the only one. And I just remember that just hurt me so much when when she told me that, and she didn't mean anything by that, but it just felt like you know a dagger in my heart because I just thought, yeah, I, I know I'm the only <laughs> one, but it's it's not at all what I want. What I want to be, I don't want it this this uh, this on on me, this banner on me. Right. Well, s- speaking
3: of that, Amy, tell us uh, just some of the things that that people say to people in that situation, that they don't necessarily mean it to be hurtful. People aren't out to hurt people, but things that they say just uh, without thinking about it, but that it's just a hurtful situation to you.
0: Yeah, I think there's a, there's a, difference, I guess, between people that maybe they got married right out of school and they just didn't have that time of waiting compared to folks that that were more like me or maybe still in that season. And you've been single for longer and people will say things like, oh, as soon as you're not thinking about it and you get your mind off of it, then it's going to happen. Well, then I remember thinking that's it's never going to happen then, because it's always on the fourth <laughs> run of my mind. Anytime I'd go somewhere new, it's like, I wonder who I could make, possibly meet at, here. And then another thing is people say, oh, well, you want it so badly. It's clearly an idol in your life. So if you give that surrender, that idol away and give that to the Lord, then he'll give you the very thing that you want. And again, that's, that's kind of a lot to say to someone, Hey, I'm going to call, call out your idols to you. And then you've got this whole thing. Oh no, is this why God hasn't given this to me? Cause I'm holding something back and I'm not doing what I need to do. And it can just throw you into more, more anxiety and more pressure, more More, pressure. Right.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. Well, and what about, uh, feeling like you're some kind of project and they're trying to fix you.
0: Yes, that's a bad one, too. I remember some people would ask because I would I everyone has a different story. But my story, a lot of times I went on a lot of first dates, but then not a lot of second and third and so on and so on. And people would say, well, what was wrong with this guy? And again, they don't say that to mean anything by it. But I internalize it as there's something clearly there's something wrong with me because you think I'm just I'm incapable of liking anyone (laughs) is how I would take that. And then uh yeah, I just it can just be tough to to get those kind of comments from people or people trying to immediately set you up without if they're not really a close friend or someone you really know and instead they're just trying to think, oh single, I know one single guy from you know five years ago and you're single. So mm-hmm. let's try and put you two together. And that's not always well received.
1: Right. Right. Well, we used to say when I was in, in uh, the singles group, you're single for a season or you're single for a reason. And some people are single for a reason. And some things you do have to work on you and you have to say, okay, is, is there something that I'm doing that might be off-putting or uh, am I not self-aware or you know, wh- something like that? And, and so I think that's important. So you present the best you you can be and you have to work on you. You know, you you can't change anybody else. You can only change you. Um, what about things that people would say to you that were helpful and mm-hmm. encouraging?
0: Uh, well, I when I think about encouragement, I think about that whole concept of breathing courage into someone. And so what was always so helpful to me is when I wasn't feeling so sure and confident that the Lord was going to bring someone into my life to have a friend or even a family member say, hey, I believe this for you. A, even when you don't and I have confidence that God's going to do this for you and I'm praying over you regularly and i'm I'm united in this for you and I can't bring this about but I'm I can commit to prayer and I just know that the Lord has someone for you and I think when other people had such confidence for me that that really brought life into me and that it didn't feel just like platitudes but when people really were confident, that 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 was coming that was really encouraging
1: well i always love the verse psalm 37 verse 4 i tell single people that want to be married i say listen delight yourself in the lord and he says he will give you the desires of your heart and so as you really make, the word delight means to make yourself soft and pliable. And it's the picture, if you will think about the potter and the clay, it's the picture of soft clay in the hands of the potter. Soft clay goes in the direction the potter wants it to go. And if you've ever done pottery, you know you got to keep wetting that constantly because it won't work unless that clay is is very pliable. And so make yourself soft and pliable in the hands of the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So, if the desire of a person's heart is to be married and have a family, you just keep bringing that before the Lord and, and claiming Psalm 37, verse 4. And Amy, something you said to us last night, you know, it, it boils down to trusting God and easier said than done. I don't know if you remember, but Tim LaHaye, the, mm-hmm. the well known uh, author and pastor and speaker, uh, when he met you for the first time, he looked at you and he said, Proverbs three, five, and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Mm-hmm. You remember that?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. That that was talk about things that are encouraging. That was something that was really encouraging to hear.
1: Yeah. So how does a how does a young girl or or a young guy who maybe they don't feel so young anymore, how do they keep trusting when All they ever get is rejection or Mm -hmm. this didn't work out or I don't like them. They don't like me. How do they how do you work that?
0: Well, I think it can be really hard and I think it's okay to recognize that it's hard and to have a moment where you're just like this is the pits Mm -hmm. and to let yourself be sad or sensitive or for in my case cry about it <laughs> cuz you're that upset and i think that's important and to express those emotions but instead of turning to maybe other things or or platitudes to turn turn to the lord with the your sadness that you have And then to open your eyes to the things that he is doing in your life and to try and shift your mindset to where you're seeing, okay, God may not be giving me this, but look at all these other blessings and things that he's doing for me in my life. Amen.
1: Psalm 62, verse 8, trust in him at all times. O people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And so take all that hurt, take it to the Lord. We're talking about the subject of being single when you want to be married, and how do you deal with it. So that is our subject. And when we come back from the break, we will be uh, talking about uh, what happens when you deal head on with that issue. How does God begin to work? And uh, how is God going to use that for good in your life? So don't go away.
2: No
1: Welcome back to the broadcast, Pastor Jeff Shreve here, sitting in for Will and Mickey. I'm joined with with my wife Debbie and with our middle daughter Amy. We are talking about the subject: I'm single and I want to be married. That's a big, big issue in the lives of many people uh, because God has given us uh, most people; He's given us a desire to want to be with another person, want to be. Uh, have a husband, have a wife. It's not good for the man to be alone. And so Amy was 30 years old when she got married. And my oldest daughter, Jill, got married before she was 20, uh, just a few days before she was 20. And then my youngest daughter, Sarah, got married when she was 26, something like that, 28, 26. 26. 26, 26. Mm -hmm. And so for Amy, um, beautiful, beautiful girl, But uh, things didn't work out in that department until you were 29 years old and met Travis Van Hoy, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: a strapping (laughs) young lad. He's
0: listening, so he'll appreciate that. Yes, six
1: foot five, uh, strong, handsome guy. And so God really blessed. But Amy, something you told me that was uh, really eye-opening was when you sat down and talked to a counselor and they said... Let's talk about this fear of of going through life and not finding mm-hmm. that person. Uh, how exactly did she word that?
0: Yeah. So we were talking about uh, just singleness and struggling it, with it, whatever. And I would look out into the future and somehow it's like, oh, well, being single now is hard. But gosh, what if God doesn't give this to me and I'm still single at you know, 35, 40 in my 50s, whatever, what if it just keeps going and that's just going to be the worst possible thing ever? And this counselor suggested, she's like, have you ever given yourself time to just let yourself go there mentally and to put pen to paper and write out what would it look like if that was what the Lord had for you? And what are things that would be difficult? What are things that you would lean into? What are fears, things that you would let go of? And I really didn't want to do the exercise because it just seemed like such a it's just feels so heavy. But you're when you're paying for counseling, you better do what they say. So I went ahead and, and did it. And the neat thing about the exercise was, one, it made me realize, OK, this isn't as scary as I as I'm making it out to be. And then two, there was some version of feeling invigorated and empowered when I started thinking through the things that I could lean into and I could get involved with. And maybe I maybe I want to for me, I like doing art. So it's like, oh, maybe I'd go to Italy and I'd study abroad and I'd and I'd paint abroad and I'd meet a lot of cool people or maybe I'd travel. Maybe I'd want to start start a nonprofit or get more involved in this and just kind of letting myself dream of things. And I kind of realized there's a lot of life that happens outside of being married and being, you, you don't have to be coupled off to enjoy life and to live abundant life and to do exciting things, fun things, things that you're passionate about. And it was helpful in that regard to see there's still a lot of life to be had here, even if the Lord doesn't give this to me on my timeline.
1: Amen.
3: Right. And I rem- I remember so often telling you, Amy, that um, the only explanation for the reason that you weren't seriously involved with anyone was because that just wasn't going to be a good thing in your life at this time. And I just went back to that verse about no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And we knew that you were walking uprightly. And so Therefore, from that verse, we could conclude that at this particular point in your life, having someone and being in a serious relationship was not going to be a good thing for you. And that you just needed to be like Ruth and you needed to stay faithful in your field. Just stay faithful in the field and that that Boaz was going to find you at the right time. And um, I just think back to that so often and think... Um, How did you see yourself fit into that Ruth and Boaz story? Because I know that was uh, an important strengthening element, biblical strengthening element in your life. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it was. It was. It was good to think of myself as being faithful in the field and faithful wherever the Lord has for me. And I remember thinking, and I heard this before about you can only be faithful in the things that God's given you. So God may have given a friend of mine a a spouse two months ago, a year ago, whatever. And she's got to be faithful in that assignment and what the Lord's given her. But I've got to be faithful in what's in my hands today that God has given has given me. And um, one thing that was really cool is I was really dealing with that. I remember f- focusing, reading. I would read the book of Ruth just over and over and over and over again. And every time you'd get something new out of it. And I was reading the book of Ruth and I was really trying to lean into to this idea of being faithful in your field, even though sometimes you're like, okay, I'm I'm tired of being faithful in my field (laughs) or I'd like a different field. (laughs) And uh, I was going to work and I was on the elevator and just in my own world and the elevator doors open and I get off the elevator and this random guy in the elevator I've never seen before, he yells out to me, the Lord of the harvest is at work.
3: Mm. Oh, I, I remember. Yeah, that.
0: and I just remember being like, "Holy cow! How does he know that that's totally related to what I'm studying and what I'm leaning into?" And I went up to to my office and I wrote it down on a little sticky note and wrote the date on it, and that was such a message to me in that in that time. And that's true for everyone, regardless if you have a guy in an elevator telling you that or not, that the Lord of the Harvest is at work and He's working in in your field, even if it's the field that you would prefer not to be in, there's things there that he's doing.
1: Right. Amen. Now tell us about the lies because the devil is a liar and the father of lies. And uh, he, w- when you're when you're struggling, especially in this area, and you don't see anybody on the horizon, you're waiting for Mister Right, and then it's just Mister Okay, and it's Mister He's still breathing. I mean, you you can kind of really lower your standards because you're you're just looking, at, and this might be the last ship, you know, uh, out of the the port. Um, tell us how the devil works in in the lies through I, that situation. I
0: think it's really easy to almost be get where you have a scarcity mindset towards dating and you see all these other people are getting coupled off. Oh, there's another friend engaged. Oh, there's another one now seriously dating. Oh gosh, there's another wedding. There's this, there's this. And as that builds and accumulates kind of brick by brick, you can begin to think, okay, well, there's less for me now and there's less options now because there's all this other stuff going around for everyone else but me. And I remember a, a, another counselor. What does this say about me? All these <laughs> counselors, but another counselor told me. She said, "Amy, do you think that God runs out of blessings for people? Do you think it's like, oh, I've blessed you know Sally. I bre- I blessed your sisters with a spouse, and I blessed them with all this stuff. But oh, poor pitiful you, I ran out. And I when you you know when you hear it that way, it's like, well, no, I mm-hmm. don't think that's true. But that was something I." had to go back to a lot. It's okay. Just because I may feel this way, that's not, my reality isn't God's truth. And that's not necessarily what, what's true. Cause it, I may feel like there's slim pickings or there's not a lot around, but I got to shift my mindset because God can do something with, you know, three loaves and two fish. He doesn't need 5 million men in the world for, right. for me mm-hmm. to find the the right guy.
1: That's for sure. I had a customer one time when I worked in the water treatment business, and he had a little sign on his desk that says, God has not lost his recipe for manna. God is still in the miracle working business. God sees everything and he knows what we need. And and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But God does it in his timing and not in our timing. And so let's talk about the other side. So in Sunday school, you meet this. Six foot, five inch, uh, athletic, handsome, dark headed.
3: Which is exactly what she had always described that she wanted, by the way.
1: Muscled up, tanned.
0: Got the whole thing going on. (laughs) Yes.
1: And you noticed him right off the bat. He noticed you right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And uh, talk about how that relationship got going.
0: Well, like you said, we noticed each other. We actually met. I was teaching Sunday school in a singles class, so trying to be in the field. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had been teaching in the class for a while, and I was hoping that someone would have come already. (laughs) And so that's another testament of you got to stay in the field (laughs) and you just don't know when things could, when the tide can turn. But he came, Travis came into class and he was actually a little bit late and we happened to sit at the same table. And then he was kind of like, well, who's this girl? And then I ended up teaching the lesson that night and he was like, well, holy cow. (laughs) And so he came, came up after and introduced himself. And I remember friends texting me after because in single ministry, at least in the one I was in, Everybody knows when someone's new, when someone <laughs> looks good and they're new. They know, hey, he's giving her more attention. What's the deal? And right. so a friend texts me, oh, he just happened to sit at your table. And like, well, I think he actually did. But, and then we just, we struck a friendship. And then shortly after a few months into me- uh, meeting, Travis asked me out and then we started dating. I suppose at this point, the rest is, quote unquote, history.
1: Right. Now, a lot of people do the online dating to find somebody Mm -hmm. that's compatible. Um, I know, Debbie, we have good friends that Mm -hmm. have done that and have had a great marriage. Um, You know, our situation, we met at church. And Amy, your situation, you and Travis met at church. That's always a great place to meet your future spouse.
3: Well, I think one, one thing that Amy alluded to, which she didn't come right out and say is, but to attract the person that you want, you've got to be that person. Right. So if you're wanting a godly spouse and you're wanting someone who's engaged in the word, is growing in the word, is growing in their relationship with Christ, is committed and sold out, you have to be that person to attract that person. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that's a a critical element to to make sure that you're making a wise choice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you cannot expect to live one way and attract a completely different type of person because Mm -hmm. that's just not going to happen. Because people are like-minded in the field. And so regardless of where you're considering that field to be. And so Mm -hmm. I I think that's a a critical element. Well,
1: I think too about uh, my good friend, Sean, he told me when he graduated from college, he he took a job and it it was a bank examiner and it took him to different little towns and he was by himself a lot. And he said, "You know, uh, I didn't like that. It killed my social life, and it was just difficult. And I got lonely." He said, "But the Lord used that in my life to to show me that Jesus needs to be my best friend.
3: Mm-hmm. And so,
1: regardless of what's going on, I can just spend time with Him. I can trust mm-hmm. Him. I can draw near to Him, and know that He'll draw near to me. And so." It's in the difficult times, Amy, Mm -hmm. as you well know, Debbie, you know this too. It's in the difficult times where we really grow. Right. When everything just kind of comes easy, uh, we don't really grow. We grow through the struggle. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And so we don't like the struggle. No. No. But yeah. it's in those difficult times we grow. Yeah. So, do you feel like uh, looking back that those those years when it was you were in the field and there was no Boaz on the horizon, that you grew a lot then?
0: Definitely, because I chose to to cling to the scriptures, and I think it's easy to become bitter or hard when you're going through that, and then that just is adds insult to injury because when you're bitter and whatever it's your countenance changes and then really no one is all that interested in you so it can be challenging to not not be bitter and to keep your heart soft to the lord but i was determined that i didn't want to go down that path but as a result you just have to keep pressing in and pressing in and keep coming back to your faith even when things don't make sense and have a lot of heart to hearts, you know, pr- with the Lord and pouring out your heart on on how you how you really feel. Right. Oh, I th- I thought of
3: something that this was really cool. I mean, tell us about your wedding gift to Travis.
0: because oh. this
3: this applies to this situation so well.
0: Yes. So when I was in college, which I didn't meet Travis till wait several years after, but in college I got. A Bible. I didn't have a ton of money in college, so it was just one of those cheap little hardback Bibles. And I read through it in a year. And every time, every passage or every reading assignment for that day, I would pray, write prayers for my future husband in that Bible. And I, I didn't know who the future husband was, but I would write those prayers. And um, and I did that at 20 years old or whatever it was. And I kept hoping. I could I wanted to be able to give that gift much sooner than I was able to to give it. But it was a really neat thing to be able to give that to Travis. And it's kind of funny looking back at some of those those prayers and things, but it's definitely his favorite his favorite thing, I think, that he that he has is seeing all the things that I prayed over him before we even knew each other.
1: Right. When did you give that to him?
0: The wedding day.
1: Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Was he blown away?
0: Yeah, he just couldn't believe it, and he loves. He calls it his special Bible, and he would love taking it to church because at the end of every chapter, I wrote a longer prayer because I had the more book. You mean yeah? yeah at the end stuff. of every book, I wrote a longer prayer because I had more real estate in the Bible because right. this was pre the Bibles now they have the big margins right. to do notes and everything, and uh, so he would always get super excited when he would get to the end of a, a chapter to see it, yeah. see the whole prayer written out,
3: right. Yeah, well, you know, Amy, all growing up, the verse, one of the verses that we just went over and over in our home was to always remember that God is good and God loves you. And um, I think that that was a critical element that you clung to in that time too, uh, that regardless of how you felt, regardless of your feelings, mm-hmm. you went, continued to go back to that. I may not understand it, but I go back to the fact that I know that I know that God is good. God loves me. He has a plan for my life. Mm
1: -hmm. We'll be taking your calls in this next segment. 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. So we would love to hear from you as we talk about I'm single and I want to be married. Don't go away. Welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. I'm with my wife, Debbie, and with our middle daughter, Amy. We've been talking about the subject, I'm single and I want to be married. And in this segment, we're going to be taking your calls, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. We would love to talk to you. Uh, about anything on your heart related to this or something else, if, if you want to talk. Um, we know that God has a plan for every life, and uh, the Lord cares about every single person. He doesn't forget anybody. And uh, God is good always, as we said at the break. Um, truly, Second Chronicles 7 verse 3 is a good verse to have etched in your heart. It says, truly He is good. Truly, His loving kindness is everlasting. God is truly good, and He truly loves you, and He truly loves me. And we can face anything in life when we know those two things. And uh, we don't have to live a life that uh, is um, sad and depressed because, hey, God is a good God, and I can trust Him, and His ways are right concerning everything.
3: Yeah, that's such a good promise and to, to realize that... We've got to base our lives on that truth, not on our fleeting emotions, because our feelings can take us absolutely all over the place. Well, Amy, um, one of the things that we we talked about was uh, the fact that you... Um, you sought counseling, and you did you did different things to help kind of, you kind of work through these issues as you were going through them. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the importance of having a mentor, having a counselor, that mm-hmm. kind of those kind of things.
0: It's just so important, I think, to have community around you, and counseling is excellent because it's someone that's a little removed from what you're dealing with and they can look at things from a different perspective that perhaps you've never really considered. And so that, that was really good. It, I was hesitant to go to counseling because I have a problem with a little little thing called pride. (laughs) And I, and I didn't necessarily want to go, but I thought, Hey, I'm struggling. And if this is going to help me deal with some of this stuff and get right with the Lord and not feel so heavy hearted and burdened, I need, I need to do it. And then as far as mentorship goes, I've just was so blessed to meet a absolutely wonderful mentor, Gina, when I was, younger 20s. And that was just a great thing as well, because she was such an encourager. And it's a different relationship to have someone like a mentor that's not a parent to get to talk with things about. And sometimes maybe I felt sorry, but a little more open, perhaps to share some things with her um, that and get that more advanced. She's been around the block more than I have perspective on things. And that was just so, so helpful. And then lastly, just having a great community of friends that are sharing your season, I think is really important. So to if all your friends are married, or all your friends are uh, in a different stage, that can be difficult. And so having other people that you can that are in the trenches with you that you can kind of talk with and commiserate with at times and sh- share victories, share highs and lows. It just helps you to feel, okay, I may feel alone, but I'm really not, not alone.
1: Well, and I think that, uh, you know, the importance of church, you know, we have a lot of people now that are online church and I just watch online, online church. We tell people that's a good supplement. That's not a good substitute. Mm-hmm. You need to have rub shoulders with flesh and blood people. And especially when you're single, because, uh, Typically in a community, you're going to have a a church that has more singles maybe than some other churches and to be around people that are in your same situation Mm -hmm. that uh, they're ready to blow and go. You know, one of the things about being single is you have a lot of time after work to, Hey, I can, I can meet on a Tuesday. Do whatever I want. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you were involved at First Baptist Houston at the porch on Tuesday nights, and you were involved in a small group, and you were involved in your Sunday school class, and you were involved with uh, mentoring. Uh, As your sister-in-law told you, my brother's wife, they're not coming to your house. Right. Uh, So you got to get yourself out there. Got to be
0: engaged.
2: Yes. Well,
1: Well, we have Leah from Mississippi. Leah, welcome to the broadcast.
2: Thank you. I yes. I have loved everything that y'all have said so much and, oh, Thank um, you Yes, and um actually, I'm driving from Houston, Texas, back home to Madison, Mississippi, <laughs> as we speak but um so I just wanted to say um i think okay i I was a single mom for seventeen years, and um I had a a, a six month old and a four and a half year old when I became single and um, so and also I'm a first generation Christian in my family, so I was involved I'm sorry somebody's calling in but um but anyway um, so when I was single the first ten years um, i stayed involved in church, and and I was a teacher, and people would make fun of me, they would say, and they, they would think that I was a lesbian because I didn't date or anything, and, and I would explain to them, you know, um, about my faith and all, and then the word compromise, I ended up compromising, and somebody said, well, why don't you come out with us, and, you know, and I thought, well, I mean, I'm ashamed to say this but um you know I, so i went out and had a drink and and um you know i ended up compromising and dating and um and i had a boyfriend who wasn't grounded you know how you were saying that you work in your field and right. you stay plugged in and ha- go to counseling you know talk to the counselors and um and I know God, in my life, has made beauty from from ashes and from my mistakes, but it's I think so important, like you said pastor to to delight yourself in the Lord and he'll Amen. give you the desires of your heart, and you do not need to go look that God will usher your husband into your presence and um, so anyway, right. I guess the word compromise is what I would yeah. say that That Satan—that's his biggest lie. Right. To think that you can do that, you can have premarital sex. It's not, you know, it just totally clouds everything about what marriage is about. Is what I found out in my life.
1: It definitely does. That's a great. That's a great point. And so, yeah, you you want to stay in the field. You want to stay open to the Lord. You don't want to compromise. And uh, you just, you trust God. I mean, you're out there, but you're yeah. trusting God to bring the right person. Well, Leah, thank you so much for calling and have safe travels yes. uh, back well, to Mississippi. You. God bless you. Okay, we have I'll Bob from Ohio. You, Bob, are you there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Bob, uh, you're on the air.
4: Okay. Well, I'm just calling. I, I listen to this station all the time. It gives me a lot of comfort, a lot of peace. But uh, yeah. my first wife and I, it was my fault we had to divorce in the first part, in the first place, rather, pardon me. In the second place, we remarried, and I just didn't get, I was a, a bad husband, really. I was bad, and she was a good woman all the time. She's a good woman. And now we, every once in a while, my fir, my my wife just passed away, not my first wife, but my third wife passed away and uh she I think God sent me to uh, send her to me and that was the best 40 years of my life on mm. earth with this woman but she mm-hmm. was sick he, and I prayed that he would take her because she she just didn't want to live anymore because she was in such pain but yeah. now I'm I'm I moved from northern Kentucky up here in in uh, John in, in Ohio and I'm up here with my sons and family and grandchildren. And now I uh, spend a lot of time by myself in my apartment. And sometimes my wife and I get together, and then one thing leads to another. And I and I'm a Christian, and I have to say to the Lord, forgive me for overstepping myself. And then I and then I go and and I think, well, maybe I should marry my wife again my first wife. And then I say, no, I guess the Lord's got something in store for me. And then again, I think the Lord may, may want me to, uh, be single the rest of my life. I'm 84 years old now, and but I'm an active person. I'm healthy. Thank, to Thanks to God. Yeah, I only go to doctor twice a year. So, but the thing of it is, is I say a prayer sometimes, Lord, If it be your will to send him a companion just to talk to or something, maybe not marry, but just go out and have dinner and talk and stuff. But I don't know if that's in the thing, but I trust God in everything in in my life. And I know some somewhere, somehow, if it's in the cards, he'll send me somebody. But I often I I get lonesome very often in, in my life now. And I'm used uh, to being with people. Yes. And I'm, well, I'm in a church. I sing in a choir. I break coffee for Sunday school class. I greet the people as they come into the church, you know, and it's it's really nice to be able to do that because I'm, I'm in uh, contact with people, you know.
1: That's, interacting that's good, with Bob. People. Very and, good. And that helps
4: me, you know, when I come out of church, I always feel good like God's give me a a place in the church there. And I, and I thank him for it. But sometimes, like I said, I'm in my apartment because my kids both work and, uh, they have families and I understand they You know, they got to be with their families, but we, we inter interact together, but not as much as I like, because most of the time in a week, I'm mostly by myself, you know,
1: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you calling into the broadcast and sharing, Bob. And if the Lord does have that for you, I know he'll bring that about and uh, just want to encourage you to be faithful. And it sounds like God gave you a great marriage for 40 years with a great woman. So uh, God bless you, my friend. We have Grant from Ohio. Grant, you're on the broadcast.
5: Hi, Jeff. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Uh, Just a quick message, I guess, of hope for some of your listeners, maybe. Uh, let's just say that I was single and desiring to be married from about age six. It might have had something <laughs> to do with the fact that course, divorced when I was five. Uh, I'm kind of ashamed but to admit this, but from about that age onwards, I spent probably way too much time of my young life looking for a wife. Obviously, you know, six, seven, eight years old is a little bit too soon for me. <laughs> <that. laughs> yeah. Um, but I was never really able to get a clear message from God, you know, which which way I should go, you know, should I date this girl, should I not? I think I was asking the wrong question. And it wasn't until I went off to college and right away, I met the one. I, I just I just knew that she was the one. We've now been married over 13 years now, four wonderful children. It may take time, but I I firmly believe in what it said. I forget whether it was uh, Psalms or Proverbs, uh, but God sets the lonely in families. Mm. And whether that's by marriage or perhaps by some other means, as the last caller was talking about with just a companion, God will provide what you need in due time, just hang in until there and keep praying.
1: Amen. That's a good word. Thank you, Grant. I appreciate that so much. So, Amy, if uh if you were going to uh to speak to a listener out there who might be in the situation that you found yourself in, whether they're late twenties or mid thirties or late thirties or early forties, where whatever they might be, or if it's a uh, they were married early on and now they've been divorced for a while what word of encouragement would you give them?
0: I think I'd want them to know this, that their life matters and they matter and they're seen. And just because they're single or they're not with someone doesn't make them less than, or they don't have less going on or their life isn't less interesting or less exciting, but uh, God sees them and God loves them regardless of, of their circumstances. And they have, um, interesting things happening in in their life. I think it's easy when you're single to to just say, oh you know m- poor pitiful me and everyone else has you know they've got they've got someone to take to the Christmas party or whatever and I and I'm just wow wow me but there's God has good for you and uh, you can keep pressing into him and trusting him and um, he's he's a good he's a good God.
1: And God will bless you as you trust him, as you work in your field, as you leave the, uh, the timing to him and just press into the Lord. It's been a great time to be with you this past hour, as we've been talking about, I'm single and I want to be married. Listen, you might have a friend that needs to hear this and you can go to AFR.net and uh, listen again to this broadcast and may God use it to encourage your heart and to fill your heart with hope. The scripture says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Have a great Thanksgiving. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.